My name is Vida, Sister Prince, and today is March 31st, 1992, and I am interviewing Mr. Lauren Knowles for the Missouri Historical Society uh, for the project concerning World War II. Mr. Knowles was a student in the Army and was stationed in St. Louis for two months during 1944, and we will discuss uh, this time in his life. Mr. Knowles, uh, tell me where you were uh, stationed right before you came to St. Louis and maybe the circumstances that brought you here. Well, uh, first of all, it was the medical corps. The Camp Barkley, Texas uh, was a 8th uh, Service Command training center for the medical corps. Uh, as well as some others around the country. It was also armored division, so it was a camp of about 120,000 of approximately one-third of which were medical corps people. Mm -hmm. It was also what they called a station hospital. It was a hospital that was uh, central to a lot of lesser hospitals in the, uh, in the armed services where the tougher cases are overflow and a lot of the strange diseases from overseas that we didn't know anything about were sent and so forth. What rank were you? I was private. Private? Yes, I was, I was drafted out of um, uh, Detroit, Michigan, uh, went to um, Fort Sheridan, uh, just north of Chicago, Illinois, uh, taken to, uh, or went to Fort Sheridan, Illinois, uh, just before Christmas. And as a matter of fact, uh, a lot of us were asked to volunteer, and I did in 43, yes. Um, went to uh, uh, the post office, the main post office there. We volunteered to sort Christmas mail mm -hmm. because they were shorthand. Um, before Christmas, uh, was sent to uh, Camp Barkley, Texas. Arrived there about three or four days before Christmas and um, I went into a regular training uh, battalion. Training to be in the medical corps. Training to be a medic in the medical corps, that's correct. Um, we went through all of the training that the infantry did uh, as far as um, uh, obstacle courses was concerned and things like that, and then we had the medical corps on top of it. One of the interesting things was they had a, besides the infantry, um, uh, what do they call it? The um, obstacle course where you went down, crawled under barbed wire, and they shot 30 millimeter machine gun bullets over your head to get you used to, and shot one pound uh, black powder charges off next to you, and in a couple of cases, under people that killed them to get you used to battle, supposed battle conditions. We also had a, uh, a medical corps, obstacle course, where you had to put a patient on a stretcher and carry him around this metal, uh, with a couple other guys, carry him around this obstacle course. But um, we, we had um, simulated gas attacks where you had to use gas masks and uh, all this sort of thing. But, um, as I say, it was medical corps, so we had uh, how to bandage and how to stop bleeding and uh, how to detect different kinds of medical conditions. And I was about 
eight, ten weeks into this. And I got notice that I had been selected to attend the medical, uh, uh, the uh, supply service depot school here in St. Louis of the medical court. I have no idea how they picked people for that. I was sent alone. Um, there was no other buddy, nobody else accompanying me from Abilene, Texas, the jumping off point for uh, Camp Barker, to St. Louis and went to the old arsenal to the Jefferson Barracks which at that time was a medical supply service depot school run by the Army. And as I understood it, was only one of three schools in the country run directly under the Adjutant General's office in Washington. The second one was a Signal Corps school in Corpus Christi, and I do not remember what the third one was. What was the purpose of this school? The school was to train in the installation, maintenance, servicing and repair of all the equipment that the medical corps used. Uh, uh, permanent installations, um, uh, field installations, everything for the medical corps. Uh, it included typewriters, sterilizers, x-ray machines, uh, electrocardiograms, and uh, you name it. It was everything. It was a wonderful school. It was a golden opportunity. Uh, I found out after I arrived that um, everybody there had to have, well, this was the rumor anyway, of course, you never are for sure in the Army, but uh, the um, feeling was that you had to have an IQ of at least 105, uh, 25 or 130, and maybe that was the basis on which they picked, I don't know. But anyway, we were housed there on the grounds of the old arsenal. We were fed there. Uh, we were medically attended when it was necessary there and so forth. And we had what's known as Class A passes, uh, which allowed us off the premises any time after about 5.30 in the evening until midnight uh, during the week. And uh, from uh, 5.30 Friday night until midnight Sunday night, go anywhere we wanted to and do anything we wanted to do except get into trouble. Well, that was down, uh, of course, the old Broadway. Uh, the arsenal, you could walk up, and I did the first night I was here, walk from the arsenal up Broadway through the old area there in the town. So it was a pretty rough neighborhood back in those days. And a couple of fellows got into trouble there, and several fellows went over to East St. Louis and got into bar fights over there and got all cut up and beat up, and they really got into trouble over there. But be that as it may, the school itself was run where you had classes Monday through Friday. And on Friday, they would give you two tests. One was a practical test where you the instructors took the equipment that you had hopefully learned during the week and put some kinds of bugs in it. And they got devilish with what they thought of as bugs to put in equipment. And then you were given about two hours to find it and correct it. That was one test. Had you had any um, prior experience with your hands? And with well, I'm quite mechanically inclined, but the Army didn't know that, I'm pretty oh. sure. I had had two years of college. I had left college and 
uh, when um, I was uh, drafted. Uh, I was a, a chemistry major and finished my degree after I got out of school, by the way. I got full um, majors in chemistry, physics, and math. But at that time, then, I had two years of um, college in a, in a um, science type of curriculum. Um, but the, the Army had no idea that I was mechanically inclined, but I am. I used to repair cars and a lot of other things. Um, they would give you this test, this practical test in the afternoon and a written test in the morning uh, the same day uh, on the theory and the principles involved. Um, if you failed three of these tests, you were out of, out of the school. So that meant then that by the end of the second week, you were a, a possibility for getting, uh, being put out of the school because by that time you would have had three of the tests. You would have had two of the practical and two of the, the, of the uh, uh, principles or the theoretical. Um, so you could, if you failed any th th combination of uh, three, you were out. The, um, we started out with something like 125 people split up into groups of about 10 each. And um, by the end of the second week, we were down to something like 85. And by the end of the third or fourth week, we were down to something like 65 or 60. Um, so that was the school then. It was a marvelous opportunity. The Cape, there were civilian KP, and there was uh, guards that we did. The only thing we did was went to school. Well, I, I don't know. Um, the rumor around school uh, was, and I say rumor because you know how the Army is all full of these sort, sort of things. The rumor was that when you got out, you would have some rank, uh, that it would be anywhere from captain on down to second lieutenant, and that's, on several things. That's, yeah, that's what private. Yeah, uh, that's why I meant it was a marvelous opportunity mm -hmm. for anybody who want to make a career in the Army. Or, um, That's like going to opposite Canada. Yes, yes. And um, uh, I can speak about that later, maybe, too. But anyway, that's what the school was. And um, uh, the town itself was the most marvelous serviceman's town I had ever Excuse even me, heard. Excuse okay. me, mm -hmm. if, if that's what you would end up doing, being an officer, then I, I, where did I get the idea that, that you were being trained to actually go in and fix this equipment? Oh, you were. You were. And, and you were head. Yes, and you would be uh, um, uh, officer over sergeants and uh, corporals and so forth that were doing this too. Oh, yeah. Um, so some of you could come out still in a, uh, a uh, non commissioned non -commissioned officer. officer, and some could come out. I believe so. With that. I never saw any figures on it or any mm -hmm. lists of those who attained what rank and so forth. I was just told that you would automatically, if you passed the school and did well in it, you would uh, be given a rank of some kind. It might be technical sergeant you know, or something like that, but it was at least some kind of rank. Okay. Um, the ma matter of, pardon? 
No, no, I thought maybe you lost your way. No, 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 I have lost my way. I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm, I'm still here. I'm X, trying to help. X marks the spot. I'm I apologize. Here. No. Um, the first night that I was in town, I did not know about a, um, uh, a restriction that we were not supposed to go down on Old Broadway. I mean, it was, uh, it was a uh, excluded area for Old service. Broadway? Uh, the Old Broadway, yeah, the, the one that before they cleared it all out like it is now. So I walked from the arsenal down into town and came first to a, a serviceman center that was run by the Salvation Army. Now these centers were, there were quite a few of them all over town, and they were run by different groups, church groups. The USO is an official group of the uh, military, uh, and so, uh, you know, there were USOs and there were many other um, I found during my stay here, as I was mentioning, the people here and the attitude towards the service uh, was amazingly uh, uh, good. It was the best I'd ever seen or heard of anywhere. There were people that would stand around or sit around in the bus station waiting to see if any soldiers came in that didn't have a place to go uh, or had a long layover and didn't know what they were going to do with themselves. Just individual, not... Yes, 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 as individuals. Or as part of, or maybe uh, as a church group. Like missionaries go overseas, well, they were the missionaries to assure that a service person... Uh, and I, by the way, if I continue to say servicemen, it was rare that there was a service woman uh, at that time. There are now service people. <laughs> but... Um, uh, and this shows no bias or partiality on my part. It's just that it was true of the times. But um, there were the wax and so forth, but not many in St. Louis. The, um, so people would do that. They would, there were standing invitations at many servicemen's clubs for service people to have uh, meals with families in their homes, go to churches with them, go to church service with them, go to the opera, go to the theater, you name it, it was there. And I took advantage of two or three of these, not a whole lot. I, I went to, um, I went to, had dinner with a couple of families. I went to church with one of them and uh, a couple of things like that. Not, not a whole lot, but some of the servicemen that were stationed here did a great deal. And that was through, yours was through who? Well, I mean, various ones. I didn't know there any special one except the Salvation Army one that I walked into first became a particular one that I went to. Um, the serviceman or service person that would be standing on the corner like on uh, uh, Saturday morning or Friday night particularly it would happen. And somebody would come up and hand them a week pass for riding the uh, streetcars that they weren't going to use anymore. They used it during the week and it was still good until Sunday night. They would just hand it to a serviceman so that you could get around town without having to pay a fare on the uh, streetcar. And by the way, the streetcar transportation system at that time was marvelous too. I frankly, now that I've been down here for, well, I've been down here now for 15 years, um, I'm sorry to not see it still in operation. I thought a great deal of that service. But anyway, so there was all kinds of that sort of thing that went on. Um, the in the servicemen's club, well, one that I remember particularly that I wish I could identify closer, just to 
be able to pass on uh, the thanks of one serviceman. But Donna Washington Boulevard, about four blocks in from the waterfront, there was a store, what had been a store, probably something like a shoe store. It was one of these fairly narrow and deep stores rather than real wide fronts and so forth. It was sectioned into two parts. The back part was where the women cooked, prepared meals. And the front part had a long uh, family-type table that they had a whole bunch of chair sets in there. And the serviceman, service person could go in there day or night, and there would be a home-cooked type of meal for them. Um, and the summer that I was here was an extremely hot summer. And as a matter of fact, I think it was the summer that Life magazine put on their front cover a picture of people sleeping in the fountain uh, at Union Station because it was so uh, so hot they were sleeping there. I think it was that year. If it wasn't, it was the next year, but I'm pretty sure it was that year. Um, but these women would stand in the back portion of it cooking these chick chickens and so forth. Steamy, hot, swelling weather. I don't know honestly how they stood it just to make sure that a serviceman, when he came in, could feel a homely type of family set up to have a meal. How? Was there a big sign? People no, there was a sign outside, but these things you, uh, very often got around by word of mouth. Uh -huh. On the ground or anything? Is that why No, the sign, I, I honestly don't remember. My impression is that it was a sign sticking out vertically from the wall above the door. You don't remember the name? No, ma'am, except it was a Lutheran group. A Lutheran group? Yes, ma'am. That's all I remember. But there were uh, instances of this around town, uh, you know, rather commonly. Um, the, but the way that a lot of service people learned of these places was by word of mouth. I mean, after all, the post where I was stationed, it just took one person to find such a place and the word to get around pretty fast. Um, so, as I say, there it was a, a marvelous town. Um, I could tell you a lot of my personal little instances. I won't burden the tape with that. But, for instance, uh, I got down here shortly before Easter. And in the Salvation Army uh, group that I meandered and blundered into uh, on my first night here, I went back there quite frequently, and they had an egg hunt and uh, for the service people. So we were hunting eggs around the place and so forth. Was well, it like you mean Easter? Yeah, okay. yeah, an Easter egg hunt. It was just before Easter. And uh, I found a couple of eggs. So the prize was a carton of cigarettes. Well, I don't smoke. I never have smoked. I went back to the post with this carton of cigarettes, and it took me two days to find somebody else to give it to uh, of the people. Uh, I was determined I was going to give it to one of the attendees rather than one of the, the instructors or you know commanding officers. And it took me two days to find one of the students who smoked to give it to. Oh, really? Yeah. There weren't many smokers in the group. So 
you know, a whole bunch of little things like that. that when, you, when you walked into the Salvation Army, mm-hmm. uh, were, were they in uniform? No. Tell me, tell me what it looked like and how okay. you were treated. Uh, well, I was treated very well. Well, but, you know, when you they know, had to offer it oh, the magazines or the oh, yeah. some place to sit down and write a letter. They had that, too. It was not a big room. It was down uh, uh, on Broadway, about where the Bush Stadium is now, in that general area. Uh, maybe Market and Broadway or right uh, in there. But um, when you walked in, there was a there were no banners around anywhere uh, uh, designating that it was a Salvation Army thing or anything. The only way you knew it was Salvation Army was that there was a a um, one person who was the uh, commander or the the overseer of that group was in uniform. So I was the only one. There were a lot of women there from uh, about 17 years of age to 30 years of age, and they were the hostesses. And when you came in, they made sure that you were comfortable on the find out what you wanted, write letters home, or wanted to dance, or, or whatever. And uh, that was the way the activity was run. Uh, it was run in a subdued manner. There wasn't any loud band playing all the time. Um, uh, it was just a, a, a subdued, quiet, friendly atmosphere that you walked into. Um, they didn't insist that you had to dance if you were there, you know, or anything of the kind. Uh, so it was. Was it, it by music? The music was uh, records, or was it? No, they they, they had records, but they weren't playing all the time, as I recall. They played them at certain times when they felt maybe people wanted to dance or something. Was there something to eat or drink? Yeah, there were sandwiches, and there were crackers, there were uh, coke and uh, soft drinks and, and things like that. I don't remember anything more extensive than that. I think that was the limit of it. But, uh, as I say, they made sure it was there for, for service. And what were the hours? I, mean, I don't know. Hours. I don't know that. I can't tell you that for sure. I believe if I were pinned down and had to make a guess, I would say it was from probably noon until midnight. But it might be like 3 o'clock to midnight or 3 o'clock to 11 something like that, but it was that general period. I do not believe that particular one was open in the morning. So they asked you if you wanted to go to someone's home? Well, they didn't ask you if you did. They said that, that if you were interested in other activities, that they had a file of things that they, you know, you could pick out what you want. And by the way, as I say, that was not unique to the Salvation Army uh, uh, group there. It was uh, common in the other places, uh, too. Was it one of the places? Well, the, uh, as I say, other service people. Uh, yeah, but I mean, did you go to a USO here? Yes. I'm really interested in Yes, but I don't ask me where it was. I can't remember anymore. It seems to me it was right down near the bus station, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Um, I became particularly attracted to one particular girl or woman that was in this particular service. That's and it was... Yes, although she was not a member of the Salvation Army. In fact, she wasn't a strong member of any church group. She was there to do this service like so many of the others were. 
and it was because of her that I moved down to marry her 16 years ago from Detroit. But anyway, that's an entirely another story. Um, I was going to, I was wanting to ask if you look her up when you moved here. <laughs> no, I, I looked her up before I moved here. But I thought that's really not my business. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that much of the story, but that, that's aside from the main purpose. So um, that was the school, and um, that was what we were training. I gave to the society our three textbooks that they, yeah. they I don't know if you looked for them or found them or anything. No, but no, but I know that you had told me that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, um, no, go ahead. Well, I don't think there's a whole lot else to tell except some personal stories. Uh, uh, you, you know. had mentioned on the phone, I think, that people had given you tickets to, uh, was it the Muni or I think different things like that? I don't think the Muni existed at that time. They were talking about 1944. Um, well, whatever. I mean, they were available. I only took advantage of, think, I think, of one, and that was to the movie theater with uh, a couple of people. Mm -hmm. uh, I. And a couple of times I had dinner in homes. I don't know where they are anymore. I wish I did. Was, was it terribly crowded here? I, uh, can you describe, like, downtown? Well, uh, when I was here, Jefferson Barracks, see, the arsenal was the old, uh, it was arsenal to Jefferson Barracks. Uh -huh. So administratively, uh, there was a lot of connection between the two. Jefferson Barracks was a uh, induction center at that time, but it had been pretty well cleared out. So in the period that I was here, the couple of months that I was here, um, or a little longer than a couple of months, uh, the town was not overcrowded with service people. Now it very probably was uh, when Jefferson Barracks was going full tilt. Uh, there were also, of course, a contingency of uh, service people up in Columbia, Missouri, and they would come in and so forth. But the town was not overcrowded at the time that I, the particular couple of months that I was here, no. Did you come on the train? I came on the train. Um, do you have any memories of Union Station? Oh, yes. Oh, definitely. Well, first of all, uh, my present wife's mother had uh, manned a, a woman, <laughs> a station in uh, Union Station that, that was a traveler's aid to service people. Mm -hmm. Her name was Weber. Rose Weber. Rose Weber. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was the traveler's aid station uh, group right there in Union Station. And uh, they guided uh, service people and others. Uh, to various places, either to the next train they had to take or where the service person's uh, USO or whatever was running. How did one know that that was there? By passing it as they walked down the stairs. <laughs> was it in a prominent place? It was in a prominent place, not out where the you congregated for the trains to arrive, but partway up the stairs or on the, on the platforms going up the stairs there. Uh, in the Grand Hall, it was in that area. Um, there was a lot of traffic in and out of Union Station. Union Station was a crowded place. 
And um, did you get the sense when you were there, or what was the sense of, of, of what was going on? I mean, could you? Well, just a general hubbub with everybody trying to get what they had to do done. Families and. Families meeting service people, service people in transit from one station or assignment to another and have two-hour layover or um, had to just switch trains with very little time between the quarters going all over the place. I mean, the, the usual hubbub of a busy air. Uh, saying goodbye. Yeah. Um, there, were a lot, there was a lot of that, of course, a lot of, uh, a lot of tears shed, uh, departing service people and so forth. Um, trains were often late and so forth. I can remember just as one personal instance, my folks, my parents came down to visit me a couple of times. My mom and dad once and my mother once. And when mom came down to visit me once, uh, she, uh, she was alone. I mean, she was scheduled in on a certain train, which and this woman who is now my wife and I went down to meet her. Well, my wife can sometimes be a little naive about jokes that they're played uh, in, uh, in a straight face. And um, we found out that the train was split into two sections to come into the station. It was too long to accommodate in the station where it was. So we split in two sections. And one section we found was going to come in way down at the end of this whole row of tracks. And another one was going to come in down towards the other end of this whole pavilion. So I told my wife to be, well, you look for her at this particular gate, and I'll go down the other gate and look for her there. My wife didn't know anything about what she looked like. And she didn't, she didn't catch on, and I walked off without her even suspecting I was playing a trick on her until I, she got away and she started thinking about it. And <laughs> then she went by and got me and said, how do I know? But um, uh, as I say, it was a very busy station, uh, and, did, but did I don't think it was heavy. Did you, did you happen to eat in the Harvey restaurant? Yes, once. I had eaten in other Harvey restaurants, other places. My impression of the Harvey restaurant here at that time was it was just so overburdened with people that it couldn't maintain the usual standards of a Harvey restaurant. Um, the Harvey restaurants were traditionally very fine places to eat in railroad stations. That's where they founded and that's where uh, they seldom had a, a restaurant outside the stations around the country as far as I know. And they had a tradition of um, pretty waitresses, clean eating facilities, uh, knowledgeable waitresses, waitresses, and so forth. Um, the one here was the same way but deteriorated somewhat. And as I say, I, I'm not saying this that it was objectionable. Mm -hmm. But I think it was just overwhelmed, mm -hmm. uh, would be a proper word. And by that time, the Harvey restaurants had, across the country, deteriorated somewhat. Not just because of the war, but I mean, it was one of those things where the management had slackened a bit and so forth, like so often happened. Well, I appreciate your, uh, your time and your, your stories. I think you...
I know that you called and offered. You remember the Missouri Historical Society, and uh, I, I got your name because you wanted to tell, mm -hmm. and you felt that people had not uh, told us. I hadn't heard anything about that. Of the kindness and the hospitality, yeah. and I think it's wonderful. And that well, I have no way to repay these people. For us to know that we, yeah. the city was, was good. I have no way to repay these people except by memory. Uh, to others to let them know that it was appreciated and maybe a daughter or a son or some descendant of those that were so nice uh, to service people or maybe a very elderly one who was here at that time um, will learn of my appreciation by the way I might also mention it wasn't just service uh, persons groups that were so kind bowling alleys were um, I can remember uh, as a service, <coughs> uh, as being in uniform and bowling free in an alley that I think was down on Washington Boulevard, or people would, uh, that were in the alley would pay or invite you to bowl with them. Uh, <coughs> I remember the amusement park that was out Grand Avenue, um, or out Broadway, I'm sorry, out Broadway near um, uh, this Paris uh, River, out that River way, to River to Paris. Uh, I think it's now where the Lecree Gas Company has a big um, uh, site. But uh, going there and, and uh, being invited to rides and so forth. So it was not something that was just restricted to a few groups mm -hmm. in a few buildings, uh, uh, the Lutherans of the USO or the Salvation Army. It was pretty universal. I wonder what makes one city different than another. Well, one of the things that ruined a lot of cities, and Abilene, Texas was a good example of this. I told you that Camp Barkley was just outside of Abilene, Texas, so it was possible to go into the city when you had leave uh, Saturdays and Sundays. Well, Camp Barkley, uh, uh, camp Barkley was a camp of 120,000 people at the time that I was there. Abilene was a town of about 25,000 or 30,000. It just got swamped by service among whom were uh, were service people that just uh, decided to um, take the town forever they they get there was rumor I had never substantiated it but it was a pretty solid rumor that five servicemen had taken a business men's group for something like sixty thousand dollars in fraud of some kind or other that's what ruins the town as far as service people were concerned. The initially, of course, there was a lot of uh, racism in the service at that time. How did you find uh, St. Louis was a I, I wasn't city. in a position to be exposed to it to know how to answer that question. The only thing I can tell you is that generally the service people, groups that I went into, like the Salvation Army, I saw very, very few black people. But this may have been simply because there weren't many in the area. I don't ever remember any being excluded or told, well, they can't come in or they can't dance with the girls or anything. I don't remember that. It may have taken place, but I was not exposed to it personally, so I, I cannot really realistically answer your question. Did you go to any baseball games? I went to one, a Browns game, out of Old Sportsman Park. 
they lost, as they usually did. Um, well, now let's see, what, what did you bring? Well, I brought you two things. First of all, an application for insurance that I made a copy of it for insurance when I'm in the service. Mm -hmm. Oh, application for national service life insurance. Yeah, the, the uh, Army had a subsidized uh, insurance plan for oh. and this gives where I lived and who my, uh, my, one of the factors that's involved is my dad got very ill while I was in service. Mm -hmm. He got an infection in his foot and uh, got blood poisoning from it and almost died. They gave him enough sulfamilamide to cure it or kill him, and it cured it, but he turned him as blue as that folder right there mm -hmm. and uh, wrecked his health. So oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. there was hardship in the, in the service. Uh, but this is that, and if you notice, for $10,000 insurance, the rate was $6.50 a month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the on the fourteenth uh, um, day of December, nineteen forty-three. Yeah. I told you it was just before Christmas. Mm -hmm. and, and then this is my receipt for the ticket, train tickets to go back to Camp Barkley. Oh. One of them is to Texarkana from St. Louis, and now Texarkana, and, and this is my class. Oh, this is a class eight pathway. Oh, thank you so much. Are you giving? I feel if, if it means anything to oh, you. Oh, I think so. Yes. Yeah. But you will find the conditions of the pass on here. Uh -huh. The bearer of this pass is permission to be absent from this post from 5 p.m. to 12 midnight Monday through. Friday and from 3 p.m. Saturday to 12 o'clock midnight Sunday this past is not allowed to bear to travel beyond the 50-mile radius. We did, though. You did? Oh, yes. It <laughs> was quite common. I went up to Columbia, for instance, several times and things like that. <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't insist on that very much. Just that you better stay out of trouble, that's all. Oh, Mr. Knowles, thank you. I appreciate very much your giving us these things and uh, I appreciate your talking to us and uh, well I have a, I hope I haven't bent your tape too much no I was going to say your ear but it was <laughs> the tape <laughs> the tape thank you